Jewish Latin Princess, episode 28, Yael Trush on Judaism and Money, with So Money podcast host, Farnoosh Tarabi. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Yael Trush, your host. So happy to be back behind the mic again. Today's kind of an unusual episode, a little bit of a different episode. But before I get to that, yes, today is Tuesday, October, October 17th, the 26th day of Tishrei. Tuesday, yes, I know, I usually publish on Mondays. I took a day off, believe it or not. Well, I took more than a day. I actually took Sunday and Monday to regroup after the high holidays and the month of Tishrei finished. I mentioned to you last week during my interview with professional organizer Rebecca Saltzman that as Tishrei winds down and we wave goodbye to the excitement and the exhilaration of the high holidays, I have a need to get organized and so on. So I took these two days, not so much to organize my space, although I did go through my kids' closets and their desks, <laughs> but to do a lot of bigger picture planning, goal setting, strategize, analyze, and so forth. It's important for me to do that uh, this time of year, um, especially also because I'm so much of, I'm an action person and sometimes I really need to just slow down and really sit down and strategize and analyze. You know, if you go back to um, a conversation I once had with Julie Starr, she talked about that there. Um, but also, it, honestly, there was no time for all of that during Elul and Tishrei. I just don't have the headspace then for this. My mind is elsewhere. My emotional and mental and physical capacities are elsewhere. They're in a good place, in a really good place, but they're elsewhere. Um, and this is the time that now I need to... Um, you know, change focus, change gears. Um, maybe a lot of you feel that way. Um, so one of the things that I did during these this two-day hiatus is that I had a super-duper money date with my husband. I've talked about the money date before on the show. I spoke about it first on episode number one with Barry Tesler. She's the author and the creator of The Art of Money. I learned about the concept first from Barry, and it's something that I wholeheartedly believe in. I'm not sure if Barry coined the term, um, but it's certain, it was certainly the first time I'd heard about it. I've also discussed it here during episode eight with financial planner and money coach Debbie Sasson. So basically, since I knew we were going to need this time for ourselves, my husband and I. Before Chag started last week, last Wednesday night, I blocked out both our calendars and I planned something for my kids to be out so we could have our super duper first of the year money date. We had dark chocolate, we had pen and paper, we had tea, we had notepads, we had computers, we discussed, we planned, we actually stayed away from the computer. There was a lot of strategizing, so we didn't want to lose focus. Um, 
and we wrote a lot. We did, we talked a lot and we wrote a lot. Um, we discussed, we planned, we set goals, we assessed what needed to change, what's working, etc. And these can be hard conversations and many people are not used to discussing money openly with their spouses. Can I just say something? If you're not discussing finances with your spouse, and I, by that I mean intentionally discussing finances and money, I don't mean having an argument about a credit card payment or a late fee. I'm talking productive, healthy conversations where you discuss your values, how you want to get there, what are you doing to get there, your money tracking systems, your investments, your debt, everything, all of it. Then let me just say this, what are you waiting for? Think about how much better your relationship with your spouse and with your money both would be if you were open and honest and on the same page about the big picture as well as the nitty gritty of dealing with your money. So since this was a big part of what I did over the past two days, I wanted to take this opportunity to share with you even more of what I think about personal finance and money and in particular about the connection between Judaism and money by presenting to you today with an appearance that I had earlier this summer on um, Money Expert for Nush Tarabi's So Money podcast. Back in the summer, which seems like ages ago, I know, I was a co-host with Farnoosh on her So Money Friday episode, Ask Farnoosh, and I helped her tackle some of her readers' questions on money, and I got to share some of my insights and beliefs as a Jewish woman and from a Jewish lens. I hadn't shared this on the show because I just, just we were so booked with interviews, and I just wanted to keep to the rhythm of it, and I I had planned to share it earlier, but then we had so many great guests and so on and so forth. So I was kind of waiting for the right moment. And I figured this is the right time. We're just starting a new year. I did share this on social media when it and on my blog's newsletter when it first aired, which by the way, if you're not subscribed to my newsletter, what are you waiting for? Right? Again, that question. I don't bombard you with too many emails. I really try to keep it low, maybe once a week, sometimes not even. But I do keep you posted on things that you want to look out for, often things that don't necessarily make it to the blog or the podcast. So if you haven't done so yet, go back to jewishlatinprincess.com and subscribe. I'd love to have you there and connect with you in that way. So just before I share with you some clips from that episode with Farnoosh, let me tell you that you can go and hear the full episode. It's So Money Podcast, episode 587, or on farnoosh.tv under podcast, episode 587. I'm extremely grateful to Farnoosh for giving me the floor to speak so openly, not just about money, but about Judaism. And I want to take this opportunity to thank again all the listeners who emailed me, Jewish and non-Jewish, it was really amazing. Um, in the summer when it first aired, I got a ton of emails um, complimenting me on my participation, my confidence, my positive spin on a topic or a combination of topics that are rarely presented as such. And one final note, ladies, women in general do not talk enough about money. Uh, money is still a little bit taboo. It's not something that we're taught about, at least intentionally. We learn about it either by osmosis or through terrible hardships. And unfortunately, despite the fact that Judaism has much to say on this topic, and despite the fact that in so many ways, as a nation, we have been blessed with tremendous opportunities and abilities to create wealth, not just for ourselves, but for the world at large, I do feel like Jewish women are still today in 2017 and 5778, a lot in the dark when it comes to money. And I strongly believe that our 
for our personal betterment and for the betterment of our families and our marriages, this this should change. And the good news is that it's very possible and it's not that scary as you might think. In this podcast, I've already given you tremendous resources in interviews like episode one with Barry Tesler, episode four with Barbara Stani, episode eight with Debbie Sasson, episode 14 with Amanda Steinberg. I've even discussed the topic of money with motivational speakers and life coaches such as Natalie, Natalie Levy-Reese on episode 24 and with Deborah Sisso on episode 11. So go back and listen to those conversations and take all that information as well as what I've shared with Farnoosh and you'll hear today um, and start mapping out where you could be doing better, what actions you need to take to improve in that area. Where do you feel like you're still in the dark? What baby step could you be doing now? It's a new year. It's fresh energy. It might be a great time to lift the fog off a little bit and or a lot and start taking some steps in this in this area and in the right direction. All right, so that was a long introduction. And I will say this, if after listening to all this, you think you might be interested in the money and Judaism program that I'm putting together, drop me an email now. Um, as we're working not just on the content, but on the structure, and I'd love to put you on the list and keep you updated and let you know when the time comes. And really, now here's me and Farnoosh Tarabi. Yael, welcome to the show. Everyone, Yael Trash is here, and she's not only a listener, but she's very, very fascinating and has a very strong uh, growing business and a, a real profound interest in money. So, Yael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Pranush. You yourself have a podcast, right? I do. I started two and a half years ago with my blog, JewishLatinPrincess.com, which is a bilingual blog for Jewish women. And I get to interview you every week. I interview the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women, and I explore how their work is tied to their soul's divine mission and to Jewish values and, and how they're putting themselves out there and changing the world with their God-given talents. I love it. So just to brag a little bit more about you, you have a very impressive background in finance. You worked in investment banking in New York City, as well as Buenos Aires. You um, and your husband launched an Asian liquor brand called Baijo. Yes. And so you're, you're an entrepreneur, you have four children, but you admit, and you admitted to me prior to uh, co-hosting that you've made some mistakes in your personal finances. What was the the big issue? What, what were some of the bigger uh, flaws? You know, I've made, I made plenty of mistakes in my twenties. Um, I could have, I, I could relate to you being in your twenties in New York city and like not finding like the right advice. I, I but I, mm -hmm. I, I think I just ignored my finances. I was making really good money, um, after college and between college and my MBA, I really was making good money. I just didn't know what to do with it. And I just ignored it. And I got into credit card debt. And of course, I had student loans. And I had, you know, my first big bonus, I went and I invested it, but I never kept tabs on it. I just kind of handed my money to some guy in Fidelity. And then, uh, you know, after many years, I realized like, all my high fee mutual funds had just been eating up my gains. And so a lot of just not paying enough attention. Um, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, I became debt free over time, and I am debt free, and I don't have any student loans, and I've and I've changed, I've started invest, investing differently, but I would say I made a lot of those biggies. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those growing pains, yes. financial growing pains, is where coming up in life, and most of us didn't learn anything growing up about investing or compound interest or credit cards. And so you have to learn the hard way. But Isn't the good news ironic, is that- ironic, right? Like we yeah. have education, I have an MBA and like, hello, personal finance. <laughs> I have a degree in finance and we right? didn't learn anything about personal finances in college. It was all about how to manage portfolios and beta and all that abstract stuff that I'm not really using anymore in my life. Correct. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe the system will change. I hope it will. And in the meantime, there are podcasts like this and there are resources like you and I, who hopefully we can be mentors to people, at least virtually. I became over time through my own, my growing pains, like really passionate about the topic of money. And as I was, I kept learning more and more, I kept discovering that much of the work of creating wealth and building a healthy relationship with money is rooted in Jewish mystical tradition, which is something that I was always incorporating in my writing and in my speaking. So I I just, I said, well, there's so much here. We have so much in common. Let's just put, you know, go do this together because it's going to be so much fun. And in fact, my next project is to teach personal finance to women using Jewish mysticism as the framework for the practice of money management and wealth building. So so what does that look like in, in, in practice? Ooh, so what does that look like? So, you know, the first thing is that I would say is that we need to understand that money is another tool in the physical world that God gave us gave it to us in this world to help him elevate the world and 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 the the universe as people could refer it or whatever your higher power is right wants us to have money to use it for good so like anything else in this world we can use it for the service of our creator and once we get that i think we we can use so many of the tools of self-refinement and development that judaism teaches us and apply them to our relationship with money um for example um, mind control, training our thoughts. This is like a fundamental Kabbalistic concept, using our mind to give birth to positive emotions. Um, the way we speak, actually, the power of our words is critical. And it's, it's also something that we can apply to our relationship with money, serving God with joy and inner happiness. It has a direct impact in everything we do, including how we give, how we spend, how we invest, um, defining our values and putting our our money where those values are, understanding the power of giving and the energy that goes behind the money that we give. And finally, you know, having faith in in God or the universe and that God wants great things for us and is entrusting us with a great mission in this world and having a faith in ourselves that we can carry through. We can accomplish so much in this world. So all of these are very fundamental Jewish teachings that we know we have to work on. We know they're applicable to our lives and our relationships, but I think we need to connect the dots Mm -hmm. and see how they all translate directly to our relationship with money. And if I can frame the work of money and wealth building from that perspective, as Jewish women in particular, I think I would, you know, it would really be very beneficial. I think it's brilliant. I think money is a topic that alone can be very overwhelming. And as a result, people don't um, learn about it or are not interested in it, don't really see how it can really help them. But when you 
when you position it like you are, I think that is very smart. And that's where there is interest. People are interested in their faith. They want to learn more about how to build upon their faith. And if you can make that connection with their finances, I think that is very, very, very strong and brilliant. So Thank how's it going? How, 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 where are you in that stage? I'm in the research stage in the putting all, you know, putting everything together. I see a book at the end of the tunnel. I'm not sure if I'm starting with a, I'm, I'm going to start testing some, like a few speaking engagements that I have coming up and start testing the waters. But, and then I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taking that, you know, I'm taking it further and diving deeper. So I'm in this pre-stage of just developing the first few workshops that will eventually become a book. Well, yeah, I have to tell you, I'm so honored and proud to have you as a listener. It's, it's really refreshing and Thank great you. to know that, yeah, there's this really smart and ambitious and motivated community out there that's tuning into my podcast. I mean, I, uh, feel like, you know, there's so many, so, so many shows out there, so many people you can tap into. And the fact that you're choosing us, me is uh, a real honor and thank you. Am I investing in the stock market? If so, how? All right. Yeah. Are you invested in the stock market? I am. And do you have a particular strategy? Do you have an advisor? So I'm not working with an advisor yet, although we've interviewed a few. Um, right now we're using robo advisors. So we're, you know, we're invested through internet platforms in addition to my husband's 401k and, a, and an IRA that I have with a robo advisor and then a separate um, investment account, but also, also through a robo advisor. Right. So that's great. I think that the smart money is where you're not paying a lot in fees. So however way you can uh, diminish that for your portfolios, I think is first thing. Um, So it's, it's really more about first making sure that wherever you're investing, that the fee structure is, uh, is, is not one that's going to bite you over the years. Remember fees compound. So that's why Yael and even I, do have some of our money with robo advisories. Um, I work with Charles Schwab. Uh, others might choose Betterment. There's Wealthfront. There's Elevest. And the advantage there is that if you're somebody who, like I, you know, I don't think that there's any value in actively managed funds, any particularly, any more residual value than perhaps putting your money in a passive index fund. And that's not just me speaking. That's a lot of the data out there that points to that math. So why pay a lot for the same return? And so putting my money in index funds through a robo advisor, I feel I'm getting ultimately the same net effect, net effect, net benefit, uh, but just with a lower at a lower cost. And so I think that Brett, that could be something to look into. And with the different, different, with the different robo advisors out there, you can keep your money in a Roth IRA. You can also have a brokerage account. And I like the passive investment route. I like index funds. I like ETFs. Call me boring. I don't know. I'm with you, Furnish. Um, I'm definitely with you. I definitely had my experience paying way too many high fees and actively managed funds. So I'm with you on that one. My take on financial advisors. If you're going to use them, make sure that you're using a fiduciary and get to know what that really means and how to find out whether they are or not. 
Um, at the same time, she might want to be in a position already to consider working with a fiduciary financial advisor. Mm -hmm. um, what, what do you think, Fernish? Somebody who could help her manage her money and have a strategy, a long-term strategy, you know, she could, she, whom she could trust. Right. I think that for... The purposes of working with someone to give you holistic advice, not mm -hmm. just on your investments, but also who's going to take a look at, let's say, your estate planning a little bit, your insurances, whether you're fully, if, if maybe they'll find some holes in your insurance coverage, they'll um, help you set up a college fund, savings fund. So we initially, Tim and I did work with a financial advisor when we got married. I thought that there were a lot of benefits at the time, and there were. One was hey, there's a lot of value in having a third party be an objective voice, especially when you're newly married and you want to kind of get on the same page and avoid squabbles. She was great on that front. And additionally, she identified some weaknesses in our insurance policies and um, worked with us to get them um, more robust. And then she also, of course, uh, created uh, sort of a timeline for us and charts as far as, you know, if we invest so and so much today and continuously, this is how much we'll have in retirement. And she was just a good person to call up on occasion and say, hey, we're thinking about buying a, a, an investment property or a car. What do you think? Can we afford it? Really? I mean, I can do the math, but it's great to just always have that second opinion. And we worked with her for a few years until we felt that we really had everything under control and we were sort of, we had figured out our systems. And so I think that in some times, uh, in some lives, a financial advisor can be a great resource to have. And it doesn't have to be a forever relationship. It can be a relationship that you have for a few months, a few years. But I don't think that hiring someone just to help you manage your money in terms of your retirement is really money well spent. I think these days robo-advisors can do that right. pretty well for us. But if there are other things that you need help with, then I think that's where the money is really going to um, be worth it. Absolutely. That's just my take. So I, do th I don't think they're going to be obsolete. I think there's definitely a valid reason to work with a financial advisor. You just want to make sure that it's, it's worth your investment. Ever wondered what's the Jewish view on having a mentor? It came up in this part of our conversation. So Yael, who, who've been your mentors? You know, it's interesting. It's interesting that Regina asked that because um, as a Jewish woman, we're actually, we don't take the topic of, of mentors lightly. It, the classic Jewish thought advises us on having one mentor in life. And that mentor is mostly for spiritual concerns and matters of Jewish life, but it also could translate to career and business. And it's not a thing that you choose overnight. It really takes a lot of work to find the right person and to really know a person who really knows you, your strengths, your weaknesses, and who's coming from a very humble, honest place who can even tell you, I think for this, you need to call so-and-so who is an expert in that. So I do have a mentor whom I go to for many questions about my marriage, about, you know, should we, you know, decisions that we're making about moving cross country or from different countries or a new business venture, you know, I do have a mentor, my husband has a mentor. And then sometimes we go and we also have always a good friend. That's also the advice that, you know, we have a good mentor and a good friend. And, you know, I think, um, I think it's worth exploring and talking to a lot of people, but there's definitely value in aiming for oneness for one person that we could really trust. Here's what I said to a so money listener wanting to cash a life insurance policy to use the money as a down payment for a home. 
All right, we have time for two more questions. I'll let you take this one and read it for us. It's from Kate. What does Kate have on her money mind? All right, so Kate has a whole life insurance policy with a cash value of $40,000. And she wants to know if she should use this as her emergency fund or towards a down payment for a home. Well, first of all, why does she have a whole life insurance policy? I don't know. I just feel like it's such an expensive thing to take on. And if you're young and healthy um, and you don't really have a complicated financial situation, whole life insurance, it's, I find it's a very hard argument, a compelling argument to make. It's a very big investment. And studies find that many people who invest in these policies end up foregoing the policy because if you lose your job or you face financial hardship, this is a very costly premium, typically more so than say a term life insurance policy. But as she says, it comes with a cash value. So that is very attractive to some people. And in this case, she's got 40 K. I would say Kate that, you know, I'm a little conservative. So I would say that if you have no other ways to afford a down payment on a home, you can't get alone. You can't save up over time. You can't cash out other assets that wouldn't necessarily compromise your ability to have a secure financial future. Then maybe look at the cash value, but I think it should be a very last resort. The cash value of a whole life insurance policy is meant to be there to help you in the event that you will need to execute that life insurance policy. It's going to help to pay for, um, your family's financial needs. It could help to pay for, um, you know, funeral costs. And of course there is the life insurance as well, but the cash value can come in handy when there is that life emergency. And I would hate to have it not be there, um, in the event that, uh, something happens because if that cash value goes away, it gets deducted from the life insurance policy. If you're, if, if you're unable to repay it. So just think about that hazard. And I would rather she, I would rather she take the time to save up for, um, the down payment on the home. And if she doesn't have an emergency fund, that should be the very first priority. And that should be coming out of your paycheck to really build up that cash reserve. Um, imagine the cash value isn't there and only to tap it. If it's like do or die, you know, there's like a really imminent emergency that this is like, you know, the break open glass emergency. Um, what do you think? I, I really agree with you. I see this as a great opportunity for Kate to gain the discipline of saving towards towards something, towards that emergency fund, and then to save uh, towards a down payment of a home because that discipline is going to help her eventually when she does get her home. Because, you know, being a homeowner, mm -hmm. as, as you've said many times on the show, and those of us who are homeowners know, we have to be able to save up for um, repairs and, um, you know, all the things that come with home ownership. So I think it's a good opportunity for her to leave the policy untouched. <laughs> it serves its purpose yes. as an yes. life insurance policy and, and just start saving, which is going to come in handy in the future. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Just like, you know, we've talked about, should I, uh, I'm in debt. So, uh, or my boyfriend's in debt or my girlfriend's in debt. I want to just write him or her a check to relieve the debt. And then we can move on with our lives together. And while that could be a really quick solution, I think that there is something to be said about going through the process yes. of getting yourself out of debt, or in this case, the process of saving up, you'll appreciate whatever that goal is a lot more when you get it. And it's a good muscle to flex, mm -hmm. right? And if you have yet to really bulk up that emergency savings, 
it's never too late. You got to start doing it and start doing it. Like you said, with discipline and using your paychecks to really beef that up. Here's what I said to a listener looking for some direction after having quit her fast paced job. So Ariel quit her corporate job at a fast-paced startup because she couldn't take the chaos anymore. So now she's on the job hunt for something new and she realizes she has no idea what to do. Her paychecks will soon be gone and she may be lost and jobless at the same time. So she wants any advice on what she should do with her finances while she's in the in-between. Anything she should do for money in the interim? Any thoughts? I guess I would add to her not not to panic because um, obviously she's taking it seriously, which is important, but without panicking because that never helps with, you know, us being open to new ideas or new direction and to have faith that she has what to contribute to the world and she will find that that calling and and that will help her start thinking about, you know, what things she's good at, what things does mm-hmm. she enjoy the most, what people always maybe call her for help and advice, you know, sometimes these things can give us really clear hints at as to, you know, it's the one thing that you're so good at. And I always call you for this or that, you know, it it hints to where we should be going in life. So I agree. Thank you so much. And yeah, did you have fun? I think you are just so great at hosting. I'm going to start listening to your podcast. Thank you. I would love to have you there. I I had such a nice time for a notion. It was so fun. So tell us how we can learn more about you and find you. I want to really get people to uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing. Absolutely. So the na- the name of my blog is jewishlatinprincess.com and you can find me there. And in over there, I really try to weave spiritual insights onto practical subjects that all women can relate to food, design, fashion, parenting, and of course, money um, as Judaism is a way of life. And so it's very, it's, it's, it's very fun to see practical topics just kind of come to life from a soul perspective. And of course, the podcast is also called Jewish Latin Princess. And uh, it's on iTunes. And yeah, it would be great to have everybody there. I'm on your site right now. I really like the look and feel of the site. So important, you know, that, you know, uh, you really present that very well. And um, I feel like it's going to be a fun, a fun exploration when I go to your site. There's a lot of different things to look forward to from podcasting to your blog. And it's just a really beautifully artistically well done site so my hat's off to you Yael and I hope that we can reconnect again soon thanks everyone for stopping by again the full episode is on so money podcast episode 587 and write to me let me know what you think um, and let me know what you thought about the topic and and my take my input I'd love to hear your feedback as you know this is one of my favorite topics You can already tell that I'm super passionate about it. And seriously, the more we talk about it, the more familiar, comfortable, knowledgeable we will become in in the language of money, the language and the topic of money. So talk to me, talk to other people, read some more. I'll I'll be sending out, as I said before, use the resources here on this podcast and I'll be sending out a bunch of Uh, my own personal favorite resources um, to those who work with me on the upcoming workshop. And it's seriously, if you are interested in my upcoming workshop, do let me know because I'd like to keep it small and intimate. It won't be a huge lecture at first and it probably won't even be an an online course just yet. I want to have there now the people who really are interested in going through the work and making this a very personal 
valuable experience. Um, so you know where to find me. I leave you now till next week when I'll be on the air with one of my oldest and dearest friends with a really fun episode. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.